Hey, welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 187. I'm Mark Hebsher in the makeshift Little Italy studio. That's the way they say it here, Little Italy. Uh, you know, Rome is the capital of Italy. Uh, Toronto Mike holding down the fort in the new Toronto studio. Today on the show, what will sports sound like with no fans in the stands? We've gotten a couple of indications early. You know, it's kind of creepy, kind of eerie. I would think for the players too. But on TV, they're going to roll out the sound effects to make it seem like there's a real crowd at the game in order to enhance the viewing experience. Kind of like canned laughter for TV sitcoms. Wouldn't you have loved to have been the guy or the girl that was sitting there and said, you know, okay, oh, no, that was a good joke. That's a, that's a three-belly laugher. That's a three-bell <laughs> laugh. That's a chortle. And then, and then the cute little subtle ones, was, it was just a little... <laughs> Well, they're going to have the audio engineers are going to have to do that with with sports. They're going to pipe in. They're going to try to recreate or well, or create what it sound would sound like, like on like it would be like Madden, like watching EA Sports, the Madden football, but except well, in reverse. We'll talk, but they I believe uh, sounds, to be determined. Right? This is uh, this has not been announced. Oh, oh yeah, they're already doing it. They're already doing it. Don't okay. ruin the show. Don't, well, I don't, don't know. <laughs> kill the tease, Mike. They're already doing it. I better open the script here. Yeah. Well, you know they're already doing it. <clears throat> right. We want to tease the we want to tease the listener. We want to, you know, the viewer to get keep watching, keep listening. You know that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the resumption of training camps. No, I guess the resumption of the season. No, the season's over, the start of the playoffs, the resumption of the camp, the opening of the camp. And then who has a training camp before the playoffs? Is this something they should do maybe in real sports? Like when the time comes in 2024, where they say, let's have the regular season. Let's take a break, have training camp again, playoff training camp, and then get into the playoffs. But why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Terrible idea. I don't know. They're they're, (laughs) listen. They, they announced like, okay, you know, training camps are going to take place sometime in July. The playoffs will begin sometime in August. And then they're crossing their fingers behind their backs. We hope mm-hmm. because all it takes is for one guy or, or a family member or a staff member to, to, you know, to test positive. And then it's like a house of cards, despite what they say, it's a house of cards. You know, as well as I do, that word gets out that there's been, um, you know, you know, not, not that it's spread so much, but that one person, just one person, even if it's one out of the thousands that are there, that one's enough. Okay. Now what do we do? I think they announced that one won't be enough. Like, I think that's what they announced though. But Mike, you know, as well as I do that if you were a player or a family member of a player and you found out that somebody in your pod, in your, someone that you had come in contact with, or that your, that your, one of your roommates had come in contact with, are you telling me that that anxiety isn't going to not just take over for you, but for your family and loved ones, whether they're with you or not, they're going to go, Oh my God, somebody that's close to so-and-so just tested positive. That's an anxiety level that none of us can even consider on top of the fact that you're playing a professional sport for big money. There's tremendous pressure on you. Let's how about let's add a little anxiety. Oh, by the way, you might test positive for COVID-19 and that would freak me out. And Hebsey man, the big news is that uh, if you get this uh, it pretty, it, it scars your lungs pretty good and your lung capacity may never be the same. And you got a, you know, a long career ahead of you. And that's a key, uh, a key part of the uh, ecosystem when you're an athlete is your, your lung capacity. And, and when you think about, you know, I mean, the tests they've been doing, they've said, for example, it, the louder you speak, the further your particles will go. 
Now, if that's outdoors, the chances of somebody over six feet away of getting, you know, any of it at all is pretty slim because it, it, it dissipates up into the air. But if you're in indoors and the ceiling is eight feet or nine feet or 10 feet high, there's a bunch of people in that room, for example, and you speak loudly or you inhale with a deep lung capacity, the chances of you contracting, you know, those little particles is greater, right. of course. Right. And if you have a mask on or you're outdoors, I mean, all these things, man, I just think that the anxiety of the players, the athletes and their families would just, man, it, it might really, it might really kill the competitive spirit in you. How on board are the players? We're going to discuss that. The Boston Marathon canceled for the first time ever. Canceled. Like originally they postponed it from, you know, from April when they originally have it to September. And now they've canceled to September. It's done. And at the same time, professional soccer leagues in Europe back playing before empty stadiums next month. Okay, it's June. Let's get back into it. Serie A, La Liga, and of course, the Premier League all going to get back by the middle of June. By the way, a reminder that the show is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Yep, they're open for business, albeit with the same restrictions that all businesses have in the fight against the spread of COVID-19. And they're vigilant. They're only booking four tee times per hour in order to guarantee social distancing during this first phase of uh, return to work and play. They're taking every precaution to ensure maximum safety for all players and staff, but also maximum fun. I mean, once you're distanced and you're out there, man, it's just going to be like heaven, especially if you've been cooped up like most people have. Go to crosswindsgolf.com for more information and book your tee time. And if you're thinking of getting married or you know someone that is, and you haven't found a venue, Crosswinds is the place. They're booking 2021 weddings now. And also, if you want to uh, contribute to the show, if you want to be a patron of the show and get backstage access to some premium content like old Hebsey Awards that I'm going to post only for you, uh, it's $5 a month. That's it. Patreon.com slash Hebseyman. And you'll be contributing to the success of an independent podcast with no agenda except to uncover the truth and not be bound by any corporate mission statement or, or worried that the executives are trying to save their own asses by kowtowing to the bean counters upstairs. There are no bean counters on this show. It's me and it's Mike. Neither one of us have ever professed to being a bean counter. So please contribute generously to the show. We thank you for that. You know, we do one a week and we hope it's a good uh, we hope it's a good one for you. So let's get to it, Mike. The NHL regular season is over. Congratulations to the winners. <laughs> well, you know that. There are winners. Alexander Ovechkin, congratulations to you. And David Pasternak, you guys are the co-winners of the Rocket Richard Trophy. Accepting the award. Oh, I'm sorry. Leon Dreisaitl, congratulations. You're the Art Ross Trophy winner. That's right. Your name goes up there with Wayne Gretzky. Wow. Dreisaitl. Wow. First, first German winner. First Gretzky, German. Art Ross yeah, winner. First, Think about it. First German to win the award. There you go. Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak. Congratulations on your Jennings Award. Way to go, guys. Here you go. Way to go. <laughs> because the season is over. And Mike, I don't remember any of it. I'm sorry yeah. I don't. And that's why I have a real problem with the NHL, you know, hand, they have to hand these awards out. They're like, you know, it's a regular season award. But they haven't even said yet when or how they're going to hand out the remainder of the annual awards because they don't freaking know themselves. The Hart Trophy for most valuable player. I got to go back in my memory. How many months? 
Do you remember who the best player was? The Norris Trophy winner, best defenseman. I don't know, Morgan Riley? The Lady Bing Trophy for most gentlemanly player. Let's give it to Austin Matthews. He deserves it. The Calder for Rookie of the Year. Man, I don't even remember who the rookies were. <laughs> Bezina for best goalie? Uh, Freddie Anderson? Maybe that backup guy. <laughs> David Ayers. David Ayers. The only thing I remember the, from the season was that. There you go. And the Selkie Trophy, best defensive forward. It's got to be Zach Hyman. So the winners haven't even been decided. I don't even think this is on the NHL's radar right now. They got so many other things to go. It's like, you know, I don't think there's even one person going, hey, wait a second. Who's going to win the Lady Bing this year? We'll worry about after the playoffs. All right. That's the other thing. Are they going to, even if they make these announcements, is it going to be a big deal? Like they're going to stop training camp to announce who won the Lady Bing? Because it's all based on the regular season, except for the Con Smythe trophy. Even Boston wins the president's trophy. What are you going to do? Virtually hand them the trophy? You think? Ah. So anyway, I don't remember anything about the season. I just don't. <laughs> Connor McDavid should win the Hart Trophy. I'm going to guess. I don't know. It's going to take time, is what I'm saying. It's going to take a lot of time to get back into hockey or basketball. Baseball, they, they interrupted it during spring training. So I don't know. What's your take, Mike? Like, are you like if they said we're coming back August, late August, ready for the season? And it's not the season; it's the playoffs. It's Toronto, Columbus, right out of the gate. I think that uh, my gut instinct is uh, my gut instinct is that this is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't think this is. I still don't believe this will happen. Like, it just seems like it's a lo- the logistics and what the things that have to line up. And at this time when, you know, people are worried about a second wave and then we have to remind people that we haven't actually finished the first wave yet. Like it just feels like too much too soon. So my, my gut instinct is that this is insane. Having said that, I think if it happens and it, it could happen, sports leagues are getting back to it. As you know, they're playing soccer in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. If it, when it happens, um, I'm sure it, Made for TV event. You tell me on a Tuesday night, the Leafs in Columbus have a, I don't know, a game, oh, let's say a game five. I think it might be a, a, a best of five, right? So a game five. And I'm I'm watching. Like, I, I think it'll win me over once it starts, but I guess I got to get there to find out. How about you? Right. We don't know where we're going, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> you ever used to watch a... With your kids, a big comfy couch, I think it was? Uh, I remember it. Uh, professor, what was it? <laughs> professor Bad Hair or something? I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, I mean, that's my new nickname. Going, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> it's There's no map here. I mean, like I said, there could be one bump in the road could kill, you know, for all sports leagues. One little thing, middle of training camp, before training camp starts, a transportation issue. But the biggest issue is, of course, what if somebody tests positive? And to ensure that they don't, the testing is going to have to be massive and incredibly expensive, ridiculously expensive. So here's what happened. So this week, Gary, uh, in case you've been living under a rock or you've been, you know, traveling the world with your family, like Joe from T.O. That's right. (laughs) Haven't got the daily updates. (laughs) So Commissioner Gary Bettman said the NHL is three to four weeks away from selecting the two hub cities that are going to host potential games. And the training camps won't even open until at least July the 10th. I'm telling you this on, what is this, May the, May the 29th. So they're not even thinking of opening camps till July the 10th. That's a long way away. Lots of bidding from potential suitors, I understand, who want to host these hubs. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want these people anywhere near my city. Get out of here. Right. Don't want it. Go somewhere else. We're doing our best in Toronto to try to keep them down to like 300 new cases a day. The last thing we need just as the curve is being flattened like a pancake, 
is to have the potential of other people coming from the United States or any other country, but from the US, which has not solved their problem at all, into our country. We've got to protect our borders. So that's number one. And, and, and I know that Jason Kenney is making this big plea for Alberta. You know, come on. But that players makes more sense. Exempt. That... Hockey players should be exempt. No, right. they shouldn't. Right. But that does make a lot more sense than putting it here. Like, I don't even understand why we're in the discussion when we are uh, such a high density area that still has a, a lot of hot spots and a lot of issues of COVID. Like Edmonton, for example, uh, has like, look at the number of cases and deaths in Edmonton. Like that's that field. If you're going to put it in Canada, don't put it in Toronto. That seems to be the worst place to put it. The only NHL reason I can think of that's it. Right. And the media is centered here. But that's yeah. like. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's this yeah, is the last it, place it you work. should put it. You'd have to shuttle players from. Remember, you only have you have to have more than one ice surface, so you'd have to shuttle players from the ACC. That's if you're gonna. And what would that cost to rent that place out for? Uh, you know, I know you own it and everything, but well, still, well, they own and What it. if the Raptors were? You know, well, they have their own practice facility, but I mean, you'd have. You know, what, what would you have? You would have the uh, practice arena, the one year you there, right? The um, Mastercard Center. Mm-hmm. And oh, you, you'd have Nathan Phillips Square. <laughs> I don't know. Coca-Cola. AC, what other? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the Ryerson, uh, the, where the Marlies play. Coca-Cola uh, Coliseum. Madame Arena. You got Coca-Cola Coliseum, formerly known as Rico. That's true. See, the thing is, you'd have to have everybody, like, you know, within an area with hotels and everything like that. I don't think it would work. And I don't want it here. I don't, I don't hear anybody in Toronto going, yeah, bring it here. No, stay away. No, because it's not and, like we can go to the games the anyway. Premier of Alberta. Okay, with all the other problems that are going on there, pipeline, whatever, energy sector, he's pleading with Trudeau to, to make these players exempt so they can cross over the border. Because the NHL has said that unless, you know, there's no way that these people are going to go through a 14-day quarantine once they come into Canada. He says that's not going to happen. So now here's Jason Kenney going, come on, Trudeau, let these guys come to Canada. To Edmund. No. Stay in the United States. And it should be it should be in the same country. Let both hubs be in the U.S. Let them go through that whole thing. Like that. Right. I don't want that. And you know what? I'm sure there's big incentives for the NHL to go to these cities, you know, whether it's, and I, I, I don't know, is it New York in the East and it's uh, L.A. in the West or it's Vegas, whatever. But uh, whatever it is, it's going to cost the league a boatload of money. Because like I said, testing procedures, they say, you know, anywhere from 30 to $130 per test, depending on the type of test it is, how effective it is, and how quick you get the results back. You're looking at north of three, three to $5 million, depending on how often they test. And one of the biggest obstacles could be, like I said before, the actual commitment of all players. Normal circumstances, Mike, it's all for one, one for all. We're going for the playoffs. We have, you know, blood, sweat, tears. You've got a broken leg, you know tape it together, tape an aspirin to it, let's go. But in this climate where, yes, you're playing for a Stanley Cup, different type of tournament, different mindset, what if psychologically you're just not up to it? What if what's been going on, even through training camp, whatever, the inability to see your family, the inability to have a routine that you're used to, all of that, it's all been disrupted, and you've got to play games in weird places at strange times to get this tournament in, all of that. And sometimes the travel in between games is a very important part. You know, I've traveled enough with teams to tell you that. I mean, I was with the Leafs when they were down 2 nothing to Detroit to back in, uh, what year was that? 93. 93 92, 93. Right. And man, they were just, you know, but the thing is the time that they spent on the buses, on the plane, around the hotels, all that type of thing was very important. It was important to get out 
Uh, sometimes it's, it's important to get out of the city that you're in, to get away from all these people who are bugging you for tickets and all the other obligations you have, and just to be yourself on the road. But at the same time, it's great to be home sometime. And you won't have that with these hubs. And it could make for, for you know, for, for big problems. So anyway, um, according to uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on the uh, 31 Thoughts podcast, the family issue is one of the biggest ones. And if players must be quarantined and away from their loved ones, that could be a deal breaker. Uh, they had a conference call um, Wednesday and Columbus Blue Jackets captain Nick Felino said, quote, if somebody tells me I can't see my family, there's going to be a fight. Interesting. Yeah. They're not all committed. You know, it's like, yeah, I guess we have to accept this playoff format. You know, you can see that. Well, can I because ask? At this stage, the-, the players aren't enthusiastic. They're not. Enth- Let's get back to it. They're not enthusiastic. Is this all about the uh, NHL not having to cut a check to Rogers? Sure. But, but how, like, is it that, that, that's how much money we're talking? I guess I'm used to hearing the money that gets tossed around in the NFL or whatever. And it feels like, okay, so, okay. So this is all. Yeah, it is Mike. It's because the NHL is so gate driven and they, they, they can't have any of that revenue. None of it's going to be available to them. None. It just feels like they back should, money yeah. to the TV networks. Now you're seriously in the red. I mean, what the owners all get together and say, well, what the hell are we going to do? We got to get this season in. We've got to get this season in. We have to play for the Stanley Cup. It's a must. Okay, let's have some ideas. Okay, we got time because we got a pandemic going on. See, that's the one thing it bought them was time. Every league now, everybody's got time. And they're all pooling their resources. They're all looking at other leagues. How successful was that? Where where were you in the COVID-19? Where was the curve? Um, What did your um, partners have to say? Your, Your broadcast partners, the advertisers that are... Uh, that are part of it. They, you know, the fans, what, what's everyone saying? How do we want to do this? And who's the first to dip their toe in the water and try something? And what about the return of this pandemic in the fall? Can we get this play? Is it important to get the play in now? Because if you have to play during the real flu season in November, holy cow, now you could have some real problems. So let's get that in now. Let's get that season finished. And then we'll worry about the next season. Stay tuned, Hebsey. This seems a little bizarre, but uh, stranger things have happened, I suppose. And we'll see. I, I have a question for you. Do you think that the uh, the Sportsnet crew would actually go to the games or will they just stay in Toronto and call it off a screen? No, I think that um, it's proven that you can call games off a screen and that the viewer wouldn't know the difference. And as long as you're going to enhance the telecast with, uh, you know, uh, canned um, crowd sound effects and stuff like that, you know, Okay, let's talk about that. As few people as possible, as few people as possible in the arena. Because we know there's going to be a single feed for all all of the uh, broadcast crews. So they get there's going to be like a like the Olympics has that one feed. Yeah, it's a pool. You, it's called a pool feed. It's the host broadcaster. There's no way that feed is going to have uh, canned crowd noise in there. Oh yeah, no, it's a, that'll be up to the individual broadcaster. Mike. Right, right, right. They that'll can decorate to, it with whatever they want around the. Yeah, that's up there. to the individual broad. And I'm going to tell you a little bit later on about. Well, okay. Wait a second, what are we screwing around for? Because I want to talk about that. So let, yeah, that I'll wait. You got that clip? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Okay. Hang on. Let me set it up. Sure. Let me set this up because this to me was very interesting. So here's what happened when the Bundesliga um, re-upped a couple of weeks ago. The first week of games, it was just natural sound. I, I don't know if the announcers were actually there. I think they were calling it off a monitor. The players only and the officials only. I didn't even see camera. They might have been using robotic, robotic cameras, but the point right. is it was outdoors and they were certainly distanced except for the players. 
you know, they were being distanced. Anyway, they showed the telecast and it was like really eerie. It was really strange. All right. They're trying to come up with ways on television to make the broadcast look and sound real. And it just was weird. So what happened was um, the, the, the following weekend, the television producers uh, for these Bundesliga, Bundesliga games uh, came up with the idea of trying to pipe in some type of an enhanced sound to make it appear as if there were fans there. Just to, just to try to trick the audience. But I'm okay with that. Just, you know, I'm going to trick you into making it seem as if you're watching, uh, you know, a game uh, with real fans there. So, Mike, let's roll that clip of this is the Fox television. Now, this isn't the international feed of the Bundesliga games. This is the Fox television broadcast. So people in the United States or people that had Fox, I don't know if, I don't think it was Fox International, it would be Fox Sports, U.S., this is what the fans in the United States heard when they watched the telecast. Go ahead. Muller now Kimmich. Kimmich has gone for a little dainty chip. It's beautiful. Oh, gorgeous chip for Kimmich to open the scoring just before halftime. And that was a typical played for and got piece of delicate play by Josua Kimmich. Now, if I wouldn't have seen the empty stands or if I would have been in the other room listening to the game, right? Listening to the crowd, listening to the announcer. Oh, there's something happening. And then run in the room. However, you uh, consume your soccer, even though it's on television, you're listening. You're part of this thing. To me, it sounded like a real telecast. There were actually fans there, didn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it almost gets your heart going like, hey, this is a big moment. Listen to that crowd roar. Right. Versus the the sound from the previous week or the sound that people in England or in Germany were watching that match. They did not hear that enhanced sound. They only heard the announcer. The announcer who is having that sound pumped into his into his headphones. He's hearing that crowd noise and responding to it as if he were at a real match. It, it, now, it, you know, it sounds really American. Like, you know how the Olympics will happen in another time zone and everyone in mm-hmm. the world will watch it live except the USA and they'll package it up and put it in prime time as if it didn't happen like eight hours earlier. Like it, it just, the smoke and mirrors right. show is a very American broadcast thing. I don't know if we Canadians would want fake noise like that i don't think we would but what do you think i don't think it has anything to do with where you're from at all i think well and okay I'll, and i'll give you a real interesting example of go this. ahead i'm looking at all the chat boards and everything that go along with this commentary i saw that this was on youtube right this particular fox feed of it now people like i say people in europe had no idea so they're commenting on on this video by saying like, what did they pipe that in through the stadium? Like, so they had no idea that television viewers in other parts of the world were watching the same game as them, but with the enhanced sound. They had no idea. Okay. Saying, oh, this is like, you know, what's this? Did they add this post production? Was this done live? So that's how weird it was. So imagine you're watching a game and you're going, oh, this sounds weird. This is eerie. This is weird. And someone else is watching the same game going, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm okay with this. Okay, but Hebsey. To the question, could you do this with (laughs) hockey? Like, I know some really good audio engineers. I'm talking to top flight people. 
you're talking about some excellent mixers out there that can take multiple instruments and music and make, you know what I mean? Oh. So for these guys to say, all right, as we're watching the game live, I got my two hands on four or five different, you know, pots, uh, you know, volume controls sure. here. Sure. Right? Faders. Yeah. Pods. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. same way I would if I'm running EA sports and it's Madden football. Right. Oh, what's going to happen here? Oh, he's going to run for a touchdown. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, the crowd's going to have a surging noise here on this channel here. Oh, wait a second. He drops the ball at the one yard line. I'm ready for it. I got the crowd grown. Ooh. So that's kind of, but you'd have to do this live while the game's going on. So I thought this particular audio engineer and mm -hmm. his, and his crew did a heck of a job oh, because I, have to know. I watched that right. match right? and I was like, man, that's, he did a pretty good job, but could you do it with hockey? I have no doubts that they could do a great job of doing it. Sort of like you said, like a video game. And I'm sure they could do it live with like basically a soundboard and you have, I'm sure they would do a great job. I'm but not, but for hockey, that would be, it would be just weird. It would, cause the game is so fast. Now, remember you're, you're mixing, you've already got your natural sound of the players skating and the boards and you're miking it there. But you're adding in that, you know, like, what if the visiting team scores? How much, like, oomph are you giving? Well, like, you again, know, let's say there were 500 fans from the visiting team city that, had, that, that were there. And they were all in the same, they were all in the same section. And there's 500, what would 500 sound like in an arena that holds 20,000? Well, just so this type of, this is, this is where you can get creativity on the telecasts. You got no fans there. What are you going to do? You have to, so you have to make the experience more interesting. You're going to add more commentary. Maybe you're going to have more coaches shots. You're going to have the coaches mic. You're going to have the players mic. You're going to have uh, between periods. You're going to have cameras and microphones in the dressing rooms to get an inside look because you have no fans. You've got to make it a different experience. This is the way it's going to be. Like if you're a television producer, instead of pulling out your hair, you got to have a plan. Well, Hepsi got to have something so that people are going to watch and get an experience and not, and not think about the fact that there's nobody in the arena, that the game itself, the competition is what they're watching and it's, and it's, and it's well presented. Okay. A couple of things just to, to finish that thought. I have no doubt they would do an excellent job. I just don't believe Canadians will uh, accept that phony baloneyness of knowing that this is phony. Like it, if you know, it's fake. I think I, the reason I said it had something to do with, American versus Canadian is because when I think back and I think of the glowing puck, for example, uh, Canadians, uh, you know, we didn't add a glowing puck here. And I, I really do sincerely oh, you're just talking about hockey, though, right? Well, the glowing puck in hockey when no, Fox. No, no, I'm uh, just saying that the, the soccer tried this. It works with soccer. Soccer is a slow enough game compared to hockey where you could do this. But Hebsey, do you think okay. the Germans would allow their broadcast to pipe in fake crowd noise? Well, it, it was up to the, it was up to the Germans. Right. And they, they said no. Correct. But that was only the second week of matches. Because I think perhaps, perhaps if they hear what the response is like to those that did watch it and were okay with it, maybe the Germans go, oh, you know what? What the heck? Okay, put me I down. Mean, it's not for... like we're trying to fool people. We're telling people, look, there are no fans in the stands. We're going to add this. You're fooling people. Then, you're trying to and... fool people, right? Like you're trying to. No, 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 no. You're not. That's the difference. The difference is you're not. You're not trying to fool them. You're saying to them, look, we, you, we, you know, there's no fans in the stands. We're trying to present a television production to you that is more appealing than it would be if we strictly used sound. Listen, to hear a ball go off of a post in, an, in a stadium that seats 70,000 and have it reverberate through the ether is the most eerie, weird, forget, 
I imagine the players must just be, you know, you score a goal. And another thing, hey, I just scored a goal. There's no cheering at all. And you can't even, like, you can barely high five. I, I noticed the German players were like, you know, they were fist bumping each other sort of barely. Right. And even that, they had to restrain themselves. But it's this, just a totally different game. But this is the reality. Now, now, hang on, Mike. Now, hang on. Now, if if the sound had been piped into the stadium, let's just say, and you're playing, and you're running down the field after the ball, and you feel this roar, even though it's fake, you know, would that not be more of more benefit to no. you than if you were just running and, like, two guys were going, come on, Hans, run faster. Well, firstly, the players would never hear this noise, right? This would just be fed no, no, into no, the broadcast. Right. And, right. and I this think is strictly for the fans, right? Strictly for the fans. And I think On that you'd, you'd have to have it as some kind of like a remember the secondary audio options you had, because the overwhelming I believe the overwhelming majority of fans who are going to watch the hockey on Sportsnet would not want the fake crowd noise. And, and See, I, I bet you like, we can I do a little gentleman's bet the game with no. I don't know, Mike. I think once you've watched a game with no fans in the stands. And just, it just, it feels uncomfortable and awkward. And you had an opportunity to go, you know, if you want to listen to it with enhanced audio, here you go. Boom. Maybe people just kind of go, you know what? I'm going to turn the sound right off and I'm going to put music on. Remember you used to do that when you were a kid, you'd have a great album on, right? And you'd have the game on as well. Sure, but of you course. didn't necessarily have to have the sound up in the game because you could see what was going on. Except okay, so let's let's game, let's put this on. Up. But if it was another game, you'd kind of have the music on. People could do that. Let's put this on the record now, Hebsey. I say when Sportsnet's if and when uh, Sportsnet broadcasts uh, these playoff games, I say no phony crowd noise like we just heard in that soccer clip. I think it would be very tough with hockey. I think it would be easier with baseball. Soccer obviously is the it looks to be the easiest as well. Because, but again, a good audio engineer has all these different, for different occasions. He's got all these things that is, you know, her, her uh, disposal and the team. And so you, you after watching a game for a while, and if you said to an audio engineer, I want you to watch the game and, and pretend or even do dry runs of a game and present the musical score while it's going on. It's like that, correct? I, I don't know. I, you sure, don't know. except do, that do we build, is it a drama build because you know there's a action going on in the zone and another shot, and another shot. Are you, so it's the same. You would do the same thing with the audio. Do you remember how mad you'd get when you found out an arena was piping in uh, fake noise to make it sound, you know, more uh, enthusiastic in the building? I never got. I never got mad. Okay, I hate that, and I hate the idea of fake noise, and uh, I I don't believe Rogers will choose to do so. I know they probably have not decided, but I would love to have like a, a a behind the scenes view of what the boardroom discussion is like when they talk about whether they add the fake noise or not. I bet you there's people who are just like me, adamantly against this. It's a gross premise, and then there's people like yourself saying, "Yeah, but we got to decorate no, this." It's not a gross. It, it's not a gross premise. If you were attempting to fool people, I would agree with you. But, you know, radio is theater of the mind. And in this case, television now has to be because visually it doesn't look good. And and audio and uh, um, audio and visual together, it looks and sounds. Ugh. So <laughs> you know what it reminds me of <laughs> like, uh, let me give you an example. Yeah. What if they digitally with holograms or whatever the hell uh, uh, put people in the seats? There's actual it looks like there's actual people in the seats. And so now your television shot looks better. It's not cardboard cutouts. Maybe it's a combination like Hollywood. Maybe it's, maybe it's 500 cardboard cutouts and 500 um, 
um, digitally enhanced holograms that are filling a, a section where your wide shot makes it look like there's crowd there. Is that okay? I see. You know there's no fans there. Are they trying to cheat you? Are they trying to fool you? It's or it's Hollywood. Like you said, it's Hollywood. They're putting on a production. And mm-hmm. I say, That's I say, right. give it's it a television production, Mike. That's what it is. And I say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, you may not feel that way. You may not feel that way. Let's, the meantime, let's give people the option. I think. And you should be able to say, yep, I want to watch it on that network there, which is going to have the enhanced audio and video. Or I'm going to watch it right there raw. Right. That's great. I wish we could do something where we could put it on two channels. and let well, the- Sportsnet's got 100 channels. TSN's right. got 100 right. channels. Let us decide. I'll, I would like to hear it real. I want the real experience. Okay. The defending NBA champion, Toronto Raptors, might end up being the defending NBA champions for the next, I don't know, year or so. Because the NBA quietly and efficiently is working on bringing all returning teams to Disney world in Orlando. This reported by ESPN. And they say the players association are formulating a plan to allow some family to join early round winners. Once some opponents are eliminated in the playoffs and that would keep the numbers relatively low. And you can assume that if one league is looking at something, they all are. So the NBA, but to me, the NBA has the biggest problem of all the leagues, Mike. You cannot not stay six feet away. All right. And not only that, you are in such close contact with no face shields like you could have in hockey, for example. But and you do just, see it. You know, I mean, if I'm an NBA player, I'm saying, man, I'm telling you right now, I, I'll forfeit the 15 or 20 million. I don't want to get, I don't want to have anybody's droplets on me. And how could you not? This guy sweats like crazy. I don't want to be guarding him. Oh, God. But they do MMA. like a, the you, recipe for disaster. How do they, They're doing UFC and they're doing uh, WWE. <sighs> and those guys are getting as close test, as uh, NBA test, guys. Test. I know. I know. I mentioned last time, Mike, I, the way I understand, there's various tests. You want the most effective test. You don't want a test where it's going to be a while before you can tell if it's positive or negative. Right. And some of these tests are quite um, painful. You, you, you know, one, you stick it all the way down the back of the throat. If you have a gag reflex, the other one, you stick way up the nose <laughs> every day. Can you imagine? You know, I don't, I don't want to do have, that. So have you I've talked, been, Hebsey, have you talked to anybody who's had the test? No, not that particular test. Uh, Cause that one uh, it's apparently it's like many things. It's not nearly as painful as you hear. It's a, Oh no, no. But the, again, what's happened is this, is that if the, the more effective a test, the more invasive you have to be. Mike, especially at this stage. And so there right. are the, the expensive tests are the ones that are, you know, 99% effective in that if you get a negative, you're negative. Whereas some of these other ones, there've been a lot of false negatives. Would you get, Oh, you te- tested negative. You tested negative test. You've got it. Have you considered getting yourself tested? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Even though the premier of this province has said, you know, even if you're not feeling symptoms, no, no, I haven't, Mike. I'm um, pretty healthy. I've uh, I've adhered to all the social distancing rules, wash my hands, all that stuff. Can you play pickleball yet? I played. Played with my buddy Mitch the other day. I thought played of you in the as well. They opened used, up the used rules. Hand sanitizers. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, I was just curious because uh, you're right. They said you know if you're not if you have no symptoms, you should go in. And and my thought is if I have no symptoms, 
and I'm feeling good. Uh, the last place I think I want to go to is a COVID testing no place. <laughs> Where we know people who have COVID are also going. No kidding. Um, so baseball is in more trouble than all of these. But remember, baseball didn't even start their season. They were in the middle of spring training. So they haven't started the season baseball. And what's happened is it's gotten really ugly with baseball because the owners, and remember the owners are the billionaires. The players are only the millionaires. Right. Uh, the owners are basically saying to the players, look, we know you've taken cuts, but you're going to have to take more cuts. And the players are like, come on, there's no way we're just not going to. And so a lot of players are openly taking shots on social media, on Twitter. Um, players are taking shots at ownership. You guys have all this money. Why don't you use some of the equity you've built up in your franchises and pay that way? Um, and basically, the Players Association uh, is going to present a counteroffer to the owners that includes a schedule of more than 100 games uh, and an accompanying prorated uh, cut in pay. That, that there's no way that the players are going to accept any more pay cuts and now you've even got some players that are telling, you know, these agents, like, uh, what's his name? Scott Boris, you know, shut the, like Trevor, Trevor Bauer, like, shut the hell up. Like, shut up. We want to play. But it doesn't seem to me that the baseball players are as eager to, to finish spring training and begin a season that they don't know how long it is. You know what I mean? They had not been into a regular routine of playing. They were in spring training still. Right. NBA, NHL. You know, they were in the middle of their seasons. It's kind of different. So I, I don't, you know, there's not a lot of ball players who are like, come on, I can hardly wait to get out there and start spring training again and then start an 82 game or 100 game season. Um, I personally have no time, Mike, for any player in a situation like this, in a pandemic that isn't willing to take a cut in order to save the season, that they'd be willing to throw the season away <clears throat> and then go after their employers uh, the way they are. All this during a pandemic, selfish. But we've known that about the Baseball Players Association and the owners, too. Probably the worst. How many different strikes and threats and shit have they gone through in baseball? Well, oh, my God. You open this by saying it's the millionaires versus the billionaires. And as yeah. usual, Hebsey, you side with the billionaires. I'm not siding with anyone here. Uh, what I'm saying to you is, is you've got to be able to come to it. This is where the unions have to do it. It's not the players and it's, it's their representatives. It's not the owners. It's their representatives. Put them in a room. Hammer something out. But of course, how do you hammer something out when you don't know? You have no idea what you can and can't do. Right. Not just now, but in July and in August and in September. You're going to have teams traveling, flying all over the place for three and four game series? You're going to do that? I don't know. I not wouldn't this, be comfortable with that. Not this you know, summer. Why don't you guys get on a plane together and all go? No. Way too risky. Games are going to have to be played in a hub in Arizona or in Florida, you know, and it's just a whole different thing. And again, how enthusiastic are people? You know, look, I'm enthusiastic to make money because I'm up for whatever, 8 million this year, 12 million, but, but it, against what risk? And at the same time, wait a minute, am I doing this because the owners, I'm helping the owners out? And that's the other one. Are we doing this because the owners want to make more money or are they really thinking of our safety? Yep. Like we had discussed before, what if you're in the last year of your contract? This might be your biggest year ever. You know, are you willing to take that risk? Because uh, I don't know. You know, I, um, I often wonder, 
like um with these uh insurance policies that players get like like if you were make let's say Hebsy let's say you were making 8 million US dollars a year okay let's say <laughs> you would likely i would think cuz that's a lot of cabbage there you'd likely have a pretty interesting insurance policy about if if something like this i would think i would think players would have some kind of insurance against this kind of thing and so would the owners oh bigger. yeah for sure yeah bigger okay <laughs> bigger they would for sure have uh, insurance, you know, the, 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 for sure on right. anything that could affect their, their bottom line. Right. If Mary Hart can get her legs insured for a million dollars. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Right. Big so King's anyway, head. Jeff Passan, who's done some fantastic reporting, uh, and is a great follow on Twitter, uh, tweeted this yesterday, quote, across baseball, hundreds of minor league players were cut today. That was yesterday and lost their jobs. Sources tell ESPN. Hundreds more will be released over the next week. In the end, upwards of 1,000 baseball players could see their careers end. The minor leagues have simply been devastated. Now, we had talked about this. We knew this was coming. We knew that there was going to be contraction in the minor leagues, that affiliated baseball as we know it uh, will not exist the same way. You're not going to have a team like the Blue Jays with you know, six or seven minor league affiliates from rookie ball through A, high A, double A, triple A. Not going to work that way. Lots of players. And up to this particular point, Major League Baseball teams, remember, had announced this contraction. So they've canceled the 2020 minor league baseball season already. And they were paying their players $400 a week up to this point. Now, nothing. Wow. And this is going to have a massive effect on, think of all the small towns, excuse me, medium-sized towns that hosted these teams for years Think of the economy of these towns. Think of the importance. Think of the jobs that they created, uh, the local economy, just the spirit of the town. Um, nope, no more. No, no team, no affiliation. Maybe a team, maybe an independent team if you wanted to put that together, but no dependent on, there's no major league team that's going to roll into town and say, hey, we're pumping this money into a stadium, into facilities, into that, because these are our future Philadelphia Phillies playing here or our future Baltimore Orioles. Nope. You know, it's a story we hear far too often outside of sports, but you'll hear about Heinz. Uh, we're moving our plant out of Ontario. We're moving it. We're going to do it in the States. And then it, it, that devastates a, a small town's economy. Or Kellogg's, you know, a few years back says, okay, we're out of here. Campbell's Soup just stopped making soup in, uh, down the street from me. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's sort of one of those, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you gotta, it's tough, I feel, for the people. It's, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's a pain felt and lots of parts of this uh, world for sure. Uh, and so as we're talking about the reluctance um, of some to go back to this, you know, to work in, if work happens to be, you know, a professional athlete and nobody knows what's, what, what the protocol is, what's going to happen. It's still very unsure looking at maybe July for training camps and we'll see how things go in soccer. It's like business as usual, almost. La Liga in Spain resumes play June the 8th. We've already talked about the Bundesliga. They've already had two weeks of play. The English Premiership resumes June 17th. Sede A in Italy uh, resumes June 20th. Of course, no fans in the stands. Um, But like I said, the opportunity to watch the games on television and perhaps with enhanced audio. (laughs) And as time goes on, um, other leagues will look and see at, um, you know, how these games have been presented, the production value of it, and make their own decisions. The NFL has pretty much said through Joe 
buck and big mouth mm-hmm. that they are going to add some enhanced audio. Oh, quite surprised. frankly, if I'm a TV producer and someone says, all right, you're going to have to come up with a new way of presenting a live sporting event with no fans. You've got time. Go ahead. I'm sure there's tons and tons of ideas being thrown around. Tons. I will be very, you, you keep your good eye on this, Hebsey. I want to know the first time uh, a broadcast outside of the United States pipes in fake noise. That will be very interesting to me. Keep your good uh, eye on that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, keep an eye on that. But it's going to happen, though, Mike. You know that. Be- and I'll tell you why. Because looking at a raw, stripped game, like, like, in other words, being in a position where, okay, you are now allowed into this stadium. You're the only one there. It's just you. And you're watching this. You've got no sound of any crowd. Nothing. How, I mean... You know, you, you're you're looking around. You, yeah, way to go. There's nobody there. Your voice is like being carried off into into the the dissipating in the air. I mean, that just would be so weird. I just think that would be so. You know weird. what it's like? It's like when there's a, a World Junior Hockey Championship in Canada or something, and Kazakhstan's playing Belarus or something on. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. You got like you see all the empty seats. You got like 80 people in the damn building, like family members right. of the uh, players. Well, you know when you hear when you hear the the yelping of the team on the bench, right? Like the fifteen guys. I'm looking forward to that. Like I'm 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 curious how they're going to get rid of all the f bombs that will come out in the competition because well, uh, they won't. That's just it. Like I just think it'd be interesting to try something different, and this is reality. Let's let's. I'm telling you right now, it. Mike. It's going to be like a game of EA Sports. It's going to be the same principle. We have to make it an experience. For the viewer. Well, you're the TV guy, so I you you've got a better uh, better judgment than I do. We'll fi- I guess time I would will love tell. that challenge. Look, I would love. I know any audio engineer, anybody that likes to tinker with that or edit. I mean, would love that challenge. We'll put Stokely but on to it. To me, to be able to do it live would be a real. You would have to have like somebody that would be. Like, oh, like think about this. Imagine you press the wrong button. Like, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say you press the wrong button. Like the uh, the the visiting team scores, and you accidentally press the <laughs> right. button for yeah, oh, big cheers and fireworks. Yeah, the, the, then the announcer goes, "Well, I guess somebody pressed the wrong button." Yeah, uh, you know what happened when we did Sportsline all the time it was a live show. Mm-hmm. You know, the audio engineer live. You know, where's the music? Stuff happens sometimes. <laughs> well, this show, I I started the show. It seem the as if song. you're trying to fool, like you're trying to pull the wool over someone. No, eyes. it feels when very smoking. This is a necessity. Embrace it. Embrace it. I don't think come up with stuff. I don't don't like it. Too bad. There's going to be people that don't like the eerie, hollow sound of nobody there. Pepsi man, I don't like this. When Usain Bolt was run, I don't know. Let's say Usain Bolt was running at 10 a.m. at an Olympics, a hundred meter final. Okay, you Mm. and I were in front of our TVs for 10 a.m. We wanted to see Usain Bolt, but Americans were watching that at 8:30 p.m. or whatever, and they they've always been fine with that. But we've always looked. I personally have always looked at that as how strange. Like this has already happened. It's already news. You've probably like 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 to me. It needs to sports needs to be live. In my humble my feeling. So I feel like that's the kind of sensibility difference we're dealing with here. Like uh, uh, an American audience will say, okay, smoke and mirrors, Hollywood, let's go. You know, it's already blitzy NFL, rah, rah, rah. But I feel a Canadian sensibility watching these uh, NHL games. I think that most Canadians would not want to hear uh, a sound engineer piping in fake music, f- fake, no, sorry, fake crowd noise to make it sound like the game, like the ACC was full or whatever. That's just my two cents. But I love the fact we might be able to find out who's right in this very, very shortly. Well, there is no right and wrong. Again, like I said, if you can offer the viewers the option, which is what the broadcasters did in the Bundesliga, which is why so many people who saw this clip on YouTube went, what the hell did they do there? Whereas those who had already seen it on Fox in the States 
when you know and it was the fox producers obviously that said sure. no, no we'll take we'll take the enhanced sound sure. we'll, we'll take, we, we, we want that right but it's but I, like i said I, let me what know if all their viewers said we hate this don't ever do it again they, they would they would stop no, it. but but let me know when uh, a german broadcast is piping in that crowd noise let me know right. i'll keep my eye open on that one. <laughs> keep your good eye on that one oh my god you're too funny um i love it when anyway, we disagree so we that in, um, um oh I, what else did i want to mention yeah so they had, yeah, they've had some of these sound, I'm going to keep on with this. They've had some of sure. these sound engineers to discuss, you know, look, your, your job is to, um, you know, add, um, add some color, add some texture, add some depth to this telecast as an audio engineer. You're the one who's going to mix in the sounds. Okay. Oh, give me that. Give me that sideline mic. Give me a little more of that. Oh, give me a little less of that and give me more of the crowd noise. Right. Right. And the announcer, of course, hears this in his headphones or her headphones, and they respond accordingly. They just do. This is a fact of life. This is a musician who says, I, I want to hear all the tracks in my headphones because I need to feel as if I'm doing this live and that I have this accompaniment. Great. Let's do it that way. Somebody else that says, I just want to lay the tracks down bare and then we'll mix it. Okay. We're all different. But if the end result, if the if the final mix sounds good, looks good, is appealing and entertaining, fine. That's fine with me. I'm okay with that. Texas, the great state of Texas, Mike, will allow fans to experience live sports should they come back this summer. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas who already gave the go-ahead for sports to resume May 31st, announced he will allow outdoor stadiums to operate at 25% capacity beginning in June. That's like now. Fans will not be allowed at indoor facilities. However, the order is specific to the Houston Texans, <clears throat> the Dallas Cowboys, and the Texas Rangers, given the fact that they all play in arenas with retractable roofs. Uh-huh not indoors got the retractable roof so in texas you want to go see the cowboys mm-hmm. play that place seats what seventy thousand? the 35 17 5 they'll allow seventeen thousand five hundred fans 25 percent capacity cowboys can you imagine the lottery for that. Imagine that you're going to a place. There's going to be safety measures. There's only going to be 17,000 people and you're always going to be six feet away from someone. <laughs> How are they going to do that? May I ask a uh, question about uh, maybe you, maybe you have the answer. Maybe you don't. Is it fair to say this Texas governor is a Republican? That's uh, fair to say he opened, he opened, um, uh, religious services. You can have religious services. Because uh, I know you, spacing, but... I know you're a news hound, like, and you follow the news like I do. And uh, it's clear to me that uh, COVID nineteen, a global pandemic, has been politicized down in the uh, United States. And as a result, I feel like it, this. They, I feel like uh, Republican governors will open things up very quickly as some sort of uh, political statement, as opposed to a health and safety first measure you'd like to hope that the health and safety officials the medical community would have the influence on the the leaders to say hey hey hey, whoa 
But like I said before, if you see a flattening of curve, if you take information and you disseminate it the way you want to and say, we are safe as long as we continue to practice these, you know, look, look, we're one quarter of the people, we can guarantee six foot distancing. Okay. The question becomes this, mm-hmm. if you happen to come within inside of six feet of a stranger, right? If God forbid you're three feet, two feet for a half a second, a quarter second, what's the possibility of you even, even they're breathing, forget about their coughing or sneezing. Well, they're Just yelling, they're breathing, they're yelling, right? The louder you yell, the further your they, particles go. And they see, like I mentioned it being politicized. Right so in the lungs, baby. Masks have been politicized as well. What's your, what's your call on masks? What do you think should be the deal with masks? I wish, I wish if, uh, masks were mandatory in public. In public, outdoors and indoors? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I guess you could talk me into making it only indoors, but I don't like when I walk into my no frills and uh, the person helping me, I have a, I get it. I order online and then I pick it up. I don't like it when the person giving me the groceries is not wearing a mask. I, I prefer it when everybody's wearing a mask, when I'm definitely when I'm indoors. I agree with you. But I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to the buildings that I'm going into. You get a grocery store. It's got a very, very, very high ceiling. And so you know, I'm just, you know, you're six feet from someone, they're speaking loudly, let's say, that's going to dissipate. But let's say you're in a place that's, a, you know, like a mom and pop convenience store, and you know, the ceiling's nine, 10 feet high. And there's five or six or seven people in the store, and they're six feet apart. But still, there's, you know, that there's no exhaust, there's no place for that to go, if you're in a more enclosed indoor space. Right, right, that gets, that's in, you know, within your breathing range is what I'm saying to you. So I'm more aware of like, you know, that's pretty high ceilings. You know, I don't know whether they're 20 feet high ceilings in the no frills stores, right? Yeah, they're very high. Pretty good ventilation. <laughs> pretty good ventilation. But Versus, you know, the, you know as you what's know, the it's... ventilation like in a, you know, in a, <laughs> a senior's care home in a room there. Right. But it's all about water droplets, right? They, uh, well, I don't know if it's water, but the, the droplets is the, Nothing, everything. but that's just it. The droplets can be in when we speak, you know, I've epidemiologists, all the experts have said, even speaking, even breathing, right? When you exhale, you are still, you know. That's why I like you to wear a mask. That can get <laughs> trapped in someone's lungs, and that's where right. it starts. And, oh. Maybe the Texas needs a. You can come to these uh these uh, cowboy games, but you cannot yell and scream and see how that goes. <laughs> but don't you find that to be interesting? Like here, what you can and can't do. I don't. I don't you, find we're it. We're continually being educated as to what might be a problem continually finding out that, you know what, you thought that was okay? It's not okay. Hebsy, my, for the record, I know we're at the near end here, but I would say any live sports, any live sport with li- with spectators this summer is dangerous and uh, insane. Like the whole concept that you'd have spectators at your live sports to me is very, sounds very, very, very dangerous and foolish. I agree. But the thing is, it's got to start somewhere at some degree. Yeah. When the vaccine someone, arrives. Someone, no, no, but again, so at some particular point, a jurisdiction is going to say, it's okay. Now, here's Texas, for example. It's okay. Here's our first measure. If you want to be a part of this, and you've taken all the precautions and hope that all the other 17,500 people that are going to go to this game have done the same thing, go ahead. Is the rest of the world going to be going, are you mad? Yep, because uh, this is a political decision and not a health and safety decision. And at what point are you going to be comfortable when people in another jurisdiction 
and their and their health officials have determined that it is okay. Well, are you going to say those people in Portland, Oregon are nuts? Those people in Texas are nuts. Yep. Because and uh, until the vaccine arrives, I probably will. And okay. I'll, I'll so be what? glad the border's closed. And All right. <laughs> keep it now, out of my You know my that's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what. Sure. People it sounds like it's happening. Say, in... How could Ontario open? People in Ontario are going to say, how can Quebec open? People in BC are going to go, we haven't had a thing. And why is this going on? <laughs> You're going to have that until there are zero cases. And that's not going to happen. So there's going to be this fear and anxiety that like, let me ask you a question, Mike, if I said to you, you've got a better chance, okay, of getting hit by a bus than of catching, you know, COVID-19. That's your odds. You've got a better chance of getting hit by a bus. You're going to go, geez, I've never been hit by a bus before. I've never even been close to being hit by a bus. I don't like the analogy because you can't catch getting hit by a bus because you talked to uh, somebody at the flower shop or whatever. But you don't know, but that's my point. You don't know where it came from. Now you catch it and you go, my God, I've done everything possible. What could have possibly happened? And that fear of the unknown, Mike, is what's got everybody scared. That fear of the unknown of going into a place after all this time where there's 10 people, 50 people, 100, never mind thousands of people. Look at how we freaked out when people went to Trinity Bellwoods, but freaked out. We all went nuts. How the hell can this happen? People should be arrested, should be shot. Good reporting, by the way. You are on Twitter. Hebsy Man did some great uh, reporting from Trinity Bellwoods Park. Yeah, this is all new. It's the fear of the unknown. And some people are going to be deathly afraid, literally. And others are going to be not as afraid. That's the way it is. I think that's about it, Mike. That's a wrap for episode 187 of Hebsy on Sports. And thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Thanks to our sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. And also with Father's Day coming, why not get Dad a copy of my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of? You can order an autographed copy from me. Uh, I'm at uh, markhebsher@gmail.com, or you can get me on social media, as you know, Hebsy Man. Um, you, can, uh, you can reach Toronto Mike. He's at uh, torontomike.com and also uh, Toronto Mike on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, all your favorite social media platforms. Or you can also go to Amazon or Indigo or anywhere fine books are sold if you want to pick up a copy of the book. And like I said, whose dad wouldn't want to read about the greatest athlete that he'd never heard of Yeah, to, to bang that nail on the head, this is the time. Reach out to Hebsy Man and you can have a book for dad uh, or, uh, yeah, your dad or your father-in-law or... I don't know, your, your brother who's, who's a father. Actually, anyone who's interested in a great story, uh, now's the time. Reach out to Hebsy Man on Twitter or uh, email you. What's your email address? Yeah, markhebsher at gmail.com. Do it Simple. now. Do it now. All right, Mike, you have a fantastic uh, weekend, and uh, we'll talk next week. And thanks to all of us. Uh, thanks to all of you and all of us. And thanks to of all of us, of course. For allowing us into your headspace. We're back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started. Ooh.